When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre, and I am so excited to be back on the show hosting with television legend Tony Kornheiser. You know, when people say legend, they mean old person. Oh. <laughs> Hi. How are we doing today? Icon? How does icon taste? Is that better? Uh, icon, legend. It, it, it just means the same thing. It means, yeah. you know. Pharaoh. Give up your seat on the bus and lay down. It's over. <laughs> That's what it means. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Yeah. Wilbon is the day off, so I'm delighted to be joined by our great friend from the ESPN Daily and Debatable Podcast, Mr. Pablo Torre. Yeah! A smattering of applause, and we begin today with baseball. Yesterday, as pitchers and catchers reported to training camps, Major League officials showcased and discussed the new rules. Among them are the pitch clock, the infielders having to keep their feet in the dirt, the elimination of defensive shifts, and the limited number of disengagements a pitcher has to throw to first or step off to gather his thoughts. Pablo, are you optimistic that baseball will be better this season for all these changes? Tony, I am wildly optimistic, and I want to couch everything I'm about to say here by noting that I don't have the legendary trajectory that you have, and so I come to this more recently. I come to this as a person who feels the 3.9 minutes that apparently passed on average between balls in play last season, which is an eternity for anybody even vaguely young slash awake. And so to me, it's about the clock. I want to focus all of my energy here about the clock, the idea that a hitter needs to be in the box, engaged with the pitcher, right? With about eight seconds left to go, and a pitcher gets 20 seconds with nobody on base and 50 seconds with them on base. Like that, to me, some arrangement of that is great. So this is interesting to me because this will reveal the generational divide about baseball. I was very lucky today. I had Tim Kirkchin on my podcast. And he is, like you, very optimistic about these Mm. rules. He loves the arc of the rules at this point. He loves most of all the lack of defensive shifts, okay? He thinks as a result of that, particularly left-handed hitters won't try and go out of the ballpark in every pitch. They'll be content to have a hit. He sees more runners. He sees more runs. He sees more fun in baseball. He talks about how the the base is being bigger, And the inability to throw 10 times to first base will encourage more stolen bases. He's very happy about that. But unlike you, he is not concerned about the time of the game as much as he is concerned with the enlivening of the game. That's what he looks at most. Because he, he, if it's Mm. a three-hour game and it's tense and there's a lot of runners, it's okay. Tim and I only disagreed on one rule, Pablo. I love starting the top of the 10th with a runner on second base. And he hates it because he's happy to see, because he loves baseball in a traditional way, he's happy to see, you know, a, a tense 14-inning game. And I told him I like the NHL model better where you have the shootout in a regular season and then all the overtimes the law allows in the playoffs. 
Right. No, Tony, look, there's a certain sanctity to this sport. The resistance to admittedly radical changes like the one you mentioned in the Tethany. Like, I get why there has been resistance. Let's also note, though, that on some level, like, beggars can't be choosers. There is a desperation to baseball. The reason this is happening at long last is because they know it needs to happen, and it's overdue, not just right. because it'd be nice and better to have it. No, let me, let me interrupt you for just one second on this. Because sure. I, I think that, I think you're right about that. But again, younger people say, I can't lose this much of my life watching a baseball game. And older Correct. people don't say that. And I think what, what, what bothers me here, what I have guarded, only guarded optimism about, is the players themselves. Because I think pitchers are going to hate the pitch clock. And oh, I think Andy batters are going to hate right. the pitch clock. <laughs> and what else is there but pitchers and batters? And I think you're yeah. going to see pushback and managers rushing out there to defend somebody. And then the game is going to take even longer. Right. Umpires with electronic buzzers on their waistbands yelling at pitchers who are doing a job that they are now incentivized to do very differently. All of that is so. But let's move to the NBA, Tony, because the Bucks are suddenly within a half game of the Celtics in the East. And Milwaukee just edged Boston in overtime last night for its 11th straight win. But the Celtics had four starters on the sideline, including Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, speaking of differing incentives right. for how these teams do business. So, Tony, who should feel better about last night's tight result, the Bucks or the Celtics? So I'm going to use a different word. I'm going to say that both teams should feel satisfied. I'm not going to use good or better or best, but I'm going to use satisfied. Milwaukee should feel satisfied that they won the game and that they crept, as you say, within a half game of Boston. Boston should feel satisfied that in Milwaukee, they pushed the Bucks to overtime with a G League team. Because Jalen Brown is out and Jason Tatum is out and Al Horford is out and Marcus Smart is out. And since Bird and McHale and Parrish are not walking through that door, the Celtics who walk through that door are people you don't even recognize. And they almost won that game. Yeah, Sam you know, I, My feeling about regular season games is always the same. I don't think they affect the playoffs. I don't think they predict the playoffs. But I think Milwaukee should feel like they escaped something here because had they lost this game, they would have lost the season series to Boston and had no chance on the tiebreak rule. And by winning it, they give themselves a chance. Well, let's say two things. Number one, Boston's depth, as much as it is their effective G League roster, is very impressive. That's why they were in this game to the very end. Sam Hauser, who I just laughed at, his existence in general, he was the guy who pushed this thing in a way that the Bucks should be uncomfortable by. At the same time, it's clear the Celtics flatly did not care about this as much as the Milwaukee Bucks did. And part of the reason why, Tony, is that the Bucks are feeling themselves now with Chris Middleton back in a way that they hadn't previously. They've won 11 straight, and the reason is Chris Middleton arrived. He's back. Now, granted, managed limited minutes, but his return coincides with that streak. But more important than Chris Middleton in that streak is the fact that we're going to have this conversation pretty soon about whether Giannis Antetokounmpo is actually the MVP. We've been singing Jokic's praises. We've talked about Embiid, Jason Tatum even. But the reality is yeah. Giannis has averaged over 37 a game in this win streak. No one has averaged that many points winning that many games consecutively. You're 100% right about that. First time in NBA history that that has happened. And yes. I do think, and I, I'm sure you agree with this, that the catalyst is Chris Middleton. Somehow, when Chris Middleton is able to play, whether <laughs> he plays much or not, yes. he makes Giannis Antetokounmpo into a Superman. 37.2 over 11 games in a row, all wins. Big deal. Absurd. Let's move. I love this one. Let's move to the psychoanalytic segment of this show. 
The Aaron Rodgers descends into the Triangle of Darkness segment. Rodgers <laughs> is due to enter his self-imposed dungeon at the end of this week, according to what he told the Edward R. Murrow of podcasting, Pat McAfee. Pablo, <laughs> where would you bet Rodgers will see his future when he reemerges? The Packers, the Jets, some other team, or retirement? I will quote Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Rodgers. Words are spells, Tony. And for that reason, I would like to say out loud that he is going to the New York Jets. I would like to magically will that into existence. And the funny thing about it, of course, is that the Jets are essentially doing the same thing, stopping just short of saying it out loud because of tampering rules. Woody Johnson was asked by Deanna Rossini at the NFL Honors thing, hey, what about Aaron Rodgers? And he basically said, fill in the blanks yourself. We are interested in a veteran quarterback. Everybody, they, they hired Nathaniel Hackett. A person whose only value in this sport is his relationship, ostensibly, to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, right. we know, like, he doesn't want to be in Green Bay. That's the only takeaway I have from the, from the heart of darkness he's about to enter, is that he doesn't want to be yeah. there. But for me, it makes so much sense as content for him to be a New York Jet. So let me say this for the record. I love Aaron Rodgers. I've loved him since I first met him 15 or 16 years ago. You golf together. I think at he's some smart. Point. Yes, I'm going to get to that. I think he's smart. I think he's droll. And I think he made a mistake on the vaccine. I think that was a mistake. Yep. We have yep. golfed together. He's a three. He's not a 10. He's a really <laughs> good player. And I am thrilled that he is going into darkness because it reminds me of a song by the Youngbloods about 60 years ago Darkness, Darkness, Be My Pillow. But what I love most of all is that he is going to get out of the darkness, walk into the light like Punxsutawney Phil the Groundhog, <laughs> see his own shadow and declare one more year of football. And I think that Pat McAfee should call this the emergence, and I think he should sell tickets. Now, let's understand something. He's not retiring. Brady just retired. He ain't going to retire in the shadow of Brady. He ain't going to be... In the, in the Hall of Fame class with Tom Brady. He may like Tom Brady, but he doesn't like the idea of Tom Brady. Where you and I disagree is that I think he's going to go, I think he's going to go to the Raiders. I do. Mm. I just somehow think he's going to go to the Raiders. Devontae because Adams. maybe they'll tell him, you don't have to come in in the offseason. You can go work on the next great hallucinogen. You can work on a gluten-free <laughs> snack or a high colonic to evacuate your bowel system or stuff high like colonic. that. But I hope he plays. I love him. Let's yeah, take no, a break. Tony, Coming yeah, up. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go. I was just going to say, he complains about content all the time. He's taping the darkness thing. You can't complain about content if you're taping the content. But now I digress. Please continue. Let's take a break. Coming up, how should John Shire feel about barely beating Notre Dame in front of Coach K last night? And what's the word for Juju Smith-Schuster's online Valentine, speaking of content, that mocked the man who held him in the Super Bowl? So, so we did, the psychoanalytic segment is the best segment because it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you yeah. can just talk about whatever you want with him. No, he's, he's a daring us to talk about him, and then he sometimes gets mad that we talk about him, and then he'll release a video <laughs> of total pitch-black darkness, and we'll download that too. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. It's time for Dr. Big Word, and that's me, public school education and all, to show off. Let's get the first one from the producer over the loudspeaker. John Shire must feel blank that Duke won in front of Coach K last night. My word is relieved. You know, this is Mike Krzyzewski's first venture back into Cameron since he retired. Shire's team had just gone to Virginia. Admittedly, they got hosed, but they lost at Virginia. He may have worried about a carryover effect into this particular game. You know, and and, and the other day was Krzyzewski's birthday and dopes like me went on television and we said, oh, he casts a giant shadow. So I assume that Shire feels relieved to have won that game. The irony here. And Krzyzewski wasn't there to see Shire. He may not no. have even remembered his first name. He was there to see his <laughs> longtime assistant and good friend Mike Bray, who's coaching at Notre Dame, and who announced earlier that this is going to be his last year of coaching at Notre Dame. Now, what Shire can take away from this is that Bray has apparently said it may be my last year at Notre Dame. Doesn't mean I'm done with coaching. And Shire can say, well, you can't coach here because I just beat you. So, Well, Tony, this is all why my word, doctor, is Jungian. That is with a J-U-N-G, the famous psychologist who studied child archetypes because this is the sort of game, the sort of scene that would send a normal person right to therapy. Like, here is your father figure, Coach K. He has said, I'm not going to be in the building because I know, what it ha- I know what it does to you when I'm in the building as this guy who casts yeah. enormous shadow, and he's not even there for you. He's there for his other favorite son. Like, this is, the, this is as much as it is a joke, it is a real thing. When Coach K shows up, people wonder, is he coming back? And if I am John Shire, and everybody regards John Shire, Tony, as an excellent, excellent young coach, I would be deathly afraid that everything I earned is not enough to please my dad, and here he is again to tell me, you know what, take another seat on the bench. So this is interesting to me. When you said Youngian, I thought you meant Glenn Youngkin who is the governor of Virginia. <laughs> and then I heard you talk, and I realized Freud, in a Freudian way, you're talking about yourself and how your parents I, I don't am. really value you because you they didn't don't. become a doctor. You became a sports a guy. What's next? I have this. A.J. Brown called Juju Smith-Schuster's Valentine's Day tweet lame. You call it blank. I, co- I call it someone else's problem, 
I don't do Twitter. <laughs> like, I'm not on Twitter. I can't access Twitter. I don't read Twitter. I don't pay attention. To t- Twitter is for somebody else. I know what happened in the Super Bowl. I know that play. I know that as a result of that play, the drive was kept alive. And in fact, Kansas City was able to run the clock down and they were able to win that game. And I thought it was very, very, very classy of the DB to say it was a penalty. I grabbed his jersey. Yeah. Really classy. So so whether Smith Schuster came up with this thing himself or he was convinced that it was funny and he should put it out on Twitter, what it was was a cheap shot. And A.J. Brown's right when he says it's not classy. Now, A.J. Brown goes too far when he insults Smith Schuster's entire career. He doesn't <laughs> have to do that, but he's sticking up. He's sticking up for a teammate, and now I will leave Twitter to you and Elon Musk for the rest of the segment. Yeah, unfortunately, Tony, I tell you all the time, people should know that I tell you all the time, you made a great decision to never get on Twitter where everybody else, including the man who occupies his chair normally, tends to be. So let me explain why this all is happening, okay? My word is attention economics. This is a post that made Juju Smith-Schuster money. When A.J. Brown goes back and calls him TikTok boy, oh yeah, everybody posting on Twitter is trying to get enormous audiences for those posts, and they monetize them by selling ads and sponsorships against their traffic, how popular what they say tends to be measured. And so for me, Tony, I just want to put in one biographical detail about Juju Smith-Schuster. His dog has an agent. Juju Smith-Schuster has a dog. dog. That dog has an agent and a social media presence. The world that you do not enter is a horrifying one. I do not. But I want you to know that do that not. dog has an agent. And all of this makes more sense. So Wilbon always tries to monetize everything on Twitter. And I guess he talks about if he wears a certain kind of watch and people see it, they'll give him money. <laughs> you know, it's kind of I, I got to get my dog honestly. an agent now. That's, that's oh, yeah. the final word. How to get my dog an agent. My dog's beautiful. Let's take one last break. Still to come is tonight's game in Denver. A big test for Luca and Kyrie. Please, God, stop with this question. <laughs> stop with this. I know Alabama go down tonight in its first game as number one. <sighs> They're not wow. going to stop so that with was, that, that I'm glad to... I'm glad to learn that. Because you know I think that the internet, for whatever good it does, is the worst thing that ever happened to the world. The worst. And you're kind of you know, you're kinda kinda right. You're kind of right. It took me a while to come around to it, but... Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi. 
Happy time, people. Happy 63rd birthday, Daryl Green. Daryl Green was one of the greatest players on the Washington football team when the Washington football team was great in the 80s and 90s. He was a football and track star. It was then called Texas A&I when Bobby Beathard drafted him at the end of the first round. Green became a lockdown corner before that phrase came into vogue. He was often both the fastest player on the field and the smallest at five foot nine. Green played 20 seasons in the NFL, all in Washington. He made seven Pro Bowls, he had 54 interceptions. If Washington needed a big punt return in a playoff game, Joe Gibbs sent Green out to do it, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Tony, we spent the last segment trashing being on Twitter, and rightfully so, but 10, no, 13 years ago now, Daryl Green's 50th birthday, he tweeted out that he had run, and he clocked it, a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash at age 50. I have not seen the tweet I don't doubt on his 63rd birthday, but man, that is the most impressive thing about that, man, if it's anywhere close to true. A not-so-happy anniversary, Bill Belichick. On this day 27 years ago, Belichick was fired by the Cleveland Browns, finishing his coaching tenure there with a 36-44 record. Since then, the Browns have gone through 10 different coaches and haven't done squat. Belichick went to New England a few years later and stayed there. He's there 23 years now, the longest current consecutive tenure in the NFL. Next year, Belichick will tie Tom Landry for fourth place among all coaches with 29 years of coaching and move ahead of Chuck Knoll and into fourth place for consecutive years with one team. Belichick has won six Super Bowls in New England, all with Tom Brady at quarterback. It's not nearly as easy without Brady. Belichick no. is 25 and 25 since Brady left. Yeah, an indictment of Belichick, sure, the post-Brady era, but also an indictment of the Browns who had Bill Belichick, defensive coordinator Nick Saban, and I believe player personnel guy Ozzie Newsome on the same team at the same time and were absolutely Brownsian despite all of it. Happy trails to last night's game for the Columbus Blue Jackets. New Jersey defenseman Ryan Graves scored off a feed from Michael McLeod with just 1.4 seconds left to beat Columbus 3-2. New Jersey's really good, and Columbus has the worst record in the NHL, just below Wilbon Chicago Blackhawks. Columbus was on the verge of going into overtime and gaining at least one point, which would have tied them with Chicago at 37 points. But the Blue Jackets turned it over in the offensive end and got beat. But don't feel bad for the Blue Jackets. They should want to finish last. That would give them the best odds in a draft lottery to land the number one pick center, Connor Bedard. Yeah, as ESPN's resident guy who is obsessed with tanking, I will point out that we're going to have two winter sports, the NBA and the NHL, both obsessed with losing for Victor Wembanyama in basketball, and then this kid who's the next Connor right. David, as you said, in hockey. Not ideal. That's right. That's right. One correction, Mr. Harvard over there referred to the Swiss philosophers called Young. It's Jung. Let's go to the big finish if we could. What are they teaching you in Cambridge, huh? The Warriors lost to the Clippers and entered the All-Star break in 29 and 29. Are you optimistic from here? They taught me to be optimistic insofar as Steph Curry is healthy. Yankee starter Frankie Montas will miss most or all of the season due to shoulder surgery. Is that a big loss? Well, it's a big loss in the sense that he was going to be in the rotation, even if he's the fourth starter, even the fifth starter. If he's out, that is a big loss. The Mavs at the Nuggets tonight. How many times are we going to say big game for Luka and Kyrie? <laughs> of course it is. It's big enough to ask the question again next week, actually. But Michaela Schifrin parted ways with her coach of seven years during Worlds. That surprised you. I'm quite surprised. She just passed Lindsey Vaughn, I think, for the most victories ever by 
a female skier, and she's one away from Ingmar Stenmark for the best of all time. And this was the coach. I'm very surprised. Last one. Men's college hoops tonight. Number one, Alabama. At number 10, Tennessee. We got Tennessee lost their last two games on buzzer beaters. I will take the tide. I expect them to roll. We're out of time. Trying to do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Thank you so much for watching. Please check out ESPN Daily and Debatable wherever you get, you know, the good podcasts. But for now, here's SportsCenter. Yeah, well, I mean, you say the good podcast. I mean, like, so I'm consigned to, what, the scrappy, the five-day-old bread <laughs> podcast? I got a good podcast. Yeah, you and Nigel today. and your legendary podcast huh. should get all the respect. In the- Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.